everybody. Welcome to episode two. Two episode two. We're two twos. We all wear two twos on episode two of Out of the Hat. Out of the Hat is our new series where we will recap the previous week's uh, session of shenaniganry with our D&D campaign, The Hat Trick. Um, we'll also have an opportunity to get inside the head of the players. Uh, we're joined again this week by a couple of them. Um, and also answer some questions. Uh, questions from ourselves, questions from you, and questions from God. So, wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't be much of a show without some extra flavoring. So today, this week again, we have Brett who plays Behestor. Say hi, Brett. Can I be like marshmallow flavor? Yeah, actually, you can. I'm marshmallows. Hi. All right. All right. And we have Clay who plays Shusen. Are you mud? Hello. Oh, wait, it's I, I am not I mud. I always do that. No, I am not mud. I am not mushroom. <laughs> okay. And joining us this week for his um, inaugural episode, we have Matt, Jeff who Ranchi. plays Tanok. Yes. Hello. I'm very good. Very good. So I have a question for you. Okay. So we, we've heard from these other two schmucks already, but where did you get into D&D? Oh man, um, I started playing D&D in 8th grade um, before going into high school. Uh, I think it was right around the time that 3.5 started to come out, after after 3, so I've been, I've been playing for a while. Just, just a day or so? Yeah, just a couple days. Just a few, just a few days. So why don't you, because you play Tanakh, do you want to mm-hmm. kind of... Give us a, a brief, uh, how did I phrase it last week? Kind of a, a nice, brief overview of that. A high-level synopsis? Is that what you're saying? A high-level high oh, synopsis. Yes, Sounds brother. quite fancy and upscale. Yes. Okay. So, Tanakh is a dragonborn barbarian uh, that comes from the Lost Continent and from a clan of, of warriors who has come over to the continent and the empire where the other party is at to um, try and regain the honor of his family by finding somebody who had killed his sister, who he was betrothed to. And that's what I found Hedrick. You poor soul. Right? And he's been tortured by Jayag ever since. <laughs> he stole one out of your wings. Speaking of Jayag, my name is Nick. I play Jayag in the campaign. So, yeah. <gasps> There's that. Well, welcome aboard, Matt. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Um, it's good that you're here, too, because this week, you will be providing us with our recap for the exploits of Hattrick. From well, I, wish you, I wish you would have told me about this before we started the uh, the stream, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We'll, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. Oh, I totally did. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. He did. Okay, so um, in the last episode, we started out leaving to make our way out to um, the Wizard Academy to deliver the uh, box that we got. It was a box, some, right? Some strange thing. Yeah. To a wizard. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. To a wizard. It wasn't to the Wizard Academy. Oh, it was actually to a wizard. Okay. All righty. Yes. All right, we're batting a thousand so far. So, <laughs> it's okay, we're here to help. Yep. No, 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 that's fine. So we got out on the road, and we started our journey out that way. And first day, pretty pretty easy. 
until we got to the nighttime, which we got over. We um, started to make camp. I made a gigantic bonfire, which everybody else made little puny small fires, but that's okay. Uh, you made we... a normal-sized fire. <laughs> yes, I made a normal-sized normal dragonborn bonfire. When that was being described to us by our DM, all I could picture was Tom Hanks from Castaway. He's like, I, I have fire. Exactly. You just like dancing around this big fire, and Bester just kind of standing there, like. Hmm. I did say not yep. too big, but he might tear my arms off. Right. Uh, so we had our first watch, and everything went pretty normal until Behestor went to sleep and started having his night terrors again. Which yeah. then we woke up with uh, the slashed. Uh. Fabric the of the, the, the yeah, yeah of the cart there. Totally Wolverine. And, oh, at absolutely. least that's what I thought until he said it was four claws, and I was like, Freddy mm -hmm. Krueger, damn thing. And then we thought that I slept walk for a moment, but then they were too big for my hands, so it wasn't my character. I promise. Uh, after that, we got back on the road again and traveled for <laughs> for another uneventful day until we ended up uh, stopping for camp again. Which then that night, kind of the same deal. We made our fires. Mine not so big that time. And then but once again, Behesh <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then after that point, uh, Beheshtor once again had his fun nightly fit. And instead of slashed canvas, we had a fun smiley face graffiti on the side of our uh, wagon. And carved it in there. After that point, we started once again on the road. And this time here is when we um, came across some movement over in the forest. And we ended up um, going against a displacer beast and finding the new character, who unfortunately is not with us here tonight, but um, Mukosk. Next week. Brand. Yeah. Next yep. Mukosk, the half-orc ranger, ended up uh, helping us to take down that displacer beast. After introductions were done and... Uh, Jayag skinned the beast, and I proceeded to mangle the corpse into a paste, trying to get meat off of it. We ended up uh, <laughs> taking back off part. again. That's awesome. Yeah, did you really miss that part? Yeah, that's yeah I think that's one of his folks. Yeah, I decided, to, uh, I decided to find out if we could take the meat off of it to, to eat while we were on the road, and proceeded to roll wonderfully and <laughs> used my greatsword to just mash it into a pulp. And then that was pretty much it, yeah. So, um, after that, I, I don't think I've missed anything so far, have I? No? Okay. Yeah, because after that, we found out that the horses hated Jayag, but then don't really hate him that much anymore after he talked to them. I don't and... think they hate him. Mud, mud was pissed at him. Mud hated you. They hate him. Mud hated you. And I think Mushroom was upset that you thought, uh, uh, he was a girl at first. Other than that, I think the other horses were pretty indifferent. So I just wanted to, was it just you could understand the horses, or did you make it so Jaya could too? Oh, no, no, no. It's It was a ritual spell to where I could commune with animals. Okay. So he was talking to them, I was listening to them, and I was laughing my ass off the whole time. Okay, so he was talking yeah. to them, and they were talking where you could understand it, but he didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're getting like I a think... one-sided conversation from two different sides. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think the only thing I actually said about what the horses were saying was that, oh man, what was it? 
They were trying to remember. Like Jayag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> that's what it was. Is that they really like him. Um. <laughs> so after that, and Jayag reprimanded a couple of the horses. I think. I think Mud. Uh, we got mm-hmm. back on our way. Um, you know, finding out some more about Mukask after convincing him to join us on our way to uh, make our delivery. And at that point, we stopped off for our third night, to which Beheshtor did not want to sleep and was confronted with a spooky mist man. It wasn't and like then, to sleep. It was that I was yeah. so terrified from seeing our lovely graffiti that right. I didn't even know anything was happening around me until that guy showed up. Yep. Like, and then at, the, eight hours later. at that point, I think that was the end of the night, unless I'm forgetting anything else. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty much the end of session. Woke up, and I think I opened my mouth to explain what happened, and then the session ended. I think that's yeah, right. Then, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Then Rush shut it down. Dun dun dun. Shut it yep. down. So, it was a pretty pretty suspenseful ending, I thought. Oh, honestly, because I'm I'm like, hey, what's going on? I don't like traveling on the road with a bunch of strangers in a wagon. I mean, in murder box, <laughs> really. So, uh, Matt, a purple blood stain. Oh yeah, no problem. Oh yeah, purple blood stained murder box. Yeah. Yes. Well, that kind of scary. Is kind of a save for me because, like, um, so what that creature was when he was explaining it to everyone was the first time I'd heard of it too. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> uh, "How am I going to explain everything that happened?" And he ended it. I was like, "I've got time to think." Yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Gotta. Gotta love those cliffhanger endings. Right. Um, well, honestly, that kind of perfectly takes us into our next section here where we'll go over a couple of the questions and we'll have some back and forth. So I guess we'll throw the first one to you, Brett. So did you expect the incident with the cult to come to call with Behesture this quickly? And was it something? Was it something that you and Russ had discussed before or after you were freed, as far as what, perhaps the longer-lasting side effects could be? So um, unpack that question however you want. Fun fact: all of that was like unfolding and new to me as well. <laughs> I was having to go with it on the fly. <laughs> so we had talked about that. Obviously, I'd have some pretty messed-up PTSD from it. Um, but nothing yeah. about being followed on the road. Like when we talked about going on the open road, like Russ made it sound like, oh yeah, it'll be really fun for you guys to get out and role play and learn about each other's <laughs> characters and probably get swallowed and probably murdered in your sleep. And it'll be a great time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, as it, like the first night I went to sleep and he was like, roll the wisdom save. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> and then it was, just, it was bad from there. <laughs> Fair enough. Does it give you a lot to work with, with Beheshter? Or at this point, are you kind of along for the ride with the rest of us? I'm, hmm. Well, with how the session ended, it now gives me a lot to work with for the beginning and next week. But as it was going, I was kind of just like having to um, just make it up and ad lib on the go. <laughs> and go. Okay, this is my story now. All right, here we go. So it, would, it was challenging and, and fun to kind of like have to go with it on the fly instead of having everything, you know, kind of set out for me. Like, okay, at week three, I will say this to show that part of my character. And so it's pushing me and we'll see if I like it or not. <laughs> I don't think anybody plans that in depth. Don't worry about it. No. <laughs> um, 
So then question for the rest of Hattrick, I guess myself included. What are your thoughts on having this like ticking time bomb apparently that's <laughs> dragging this ghouly, ghastly gobbledygook with him? Maybe. We don't know. That's the perception, I think. At least the perception I've got. It's like this there's something tethered to Behester at this point. What are we gonna do? What are your guys' thoughts? Or she what are Shuzim's thoughts? What are Tanak's thoughts? Okay. Uh do you wanna go first? Matt, or shall I? Yeah, sure. Um, well, as a player, I think it's cool as hell. Because uh, it's it's just calling back something that has already, you know, the characters have already gone through. That is um, something that sounds like it could be a big payoff later. Or possibly just, like, sizzle in the background and have all of us be like, when the hell is it going to happen? When the hell is it going to happen? You know, and keep us all on our toes. Um, as a character, as Tenok... Uh, I think it's terrifying, especially after we've fought in one supernatural ghost that, for reasons that shall not be mentioned, we all almost died. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> for those um, viewing audience, Nick yeah. is currently pointing at himself. <laughs> but no, I think I think as as Tenok, okay, it's, nearly it's everybody scary. almost died there. Yeah, true. <laughs> but I mean, it's scary because once again, it's this um this big supernatural force that is following us and at this point seems to be able to like it's there's almost no escaping it at that point we're already far away from the city and it's still with us so it kind of has that that uh, scariness behind it there okay yeah um as for clay i just have been enjoying being part of a set uh campaign where like stuff that actually carries over from week to week and it's not like everybody just forgets what happened is that, is that your experience yeah. like with D&D in the past where it was kind of everything well, was isolated or okay well you know the um I have very faint memories of that first campaign I was in when I was the uh magical Duck man with the oversized petrified fish <laughs> as a sword. Um, yeah, I don't remember things being strung together that well, just because we were just like, okay, let's just create, you know, it was more like just fill out your stats and get thrown into the world, and that was it. Whereas here, it's like, I think maybe this is just kind of one of those things. It's actually one of the things I kind of like about, uh, you know, fifth edition is. Part of the character creation part process, they actually, you know, have you build up a back, you know, a background for your character and like a, a backstory. So it's like, you, you, you know, it kind of makes you think more narratively instead of just, you know, what are, what's my strength and my int going to be? You know, what spells am I going to have if I'm the spellcaster type and all that? Um, so, you know, that's kind of where a lot of the fun is for me in, in this campaign is actually you know, having all these characters with, you know, actual backstories mm -hmm. that, you know, everybody may still be uh, making up as they go along, but, you know, they're there. Right. But, uh, you know, I was actually kind of expecting, you know, Shearsum to be kind of the the group's ticking time bomb, you know, because... Is you know because of his background with with the cult and the fact that he has that book with him, 
uh, you know, I was kind of expecting there to be like a kind of a, a, a one ring situation, you know, he is seeking it, always seeking it. His will is bent on it. <laughs> Which may or may not be the case, but, you know, when I was discussing the backstory with Russell, it actually, you know, actually, you know, filled a lot of it out and just and intentionally left a lot of things, you know, open to him working things out just because I want to try and do it all, do most of this from Shearsim's perspective. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't exactly know, doesn't know exactly why the cult would be after the book or not after the book or what their intentions are with him and the book. He doesn't ex- exactly know you know, his adoptive father's actual personality just knew him as this kind and caring individual that took him in mm-hmm. and then start, you know, started to, to, to snap a bit when he started introducing Shirzim to the, the cult and their activities and everything. So it's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that you thought that that. that kind of makes things things are aligning for me as a fellow player with you thinking that you would be the time bomb you know to to use the term i guess that we've attached to behester behester is now latin for time bomb (laughs) (laughs) and crap magnet yeah we will well there's a question about that a little later too (laughs) um jag is like he's he's totally unflinched by the attacks, probably, or the, the incidents so far, probably because he's just, he's just oblivious. <laughs> and yes, he was asleep both nights. He just went to sleep. Good night. Um, I think Jayag thinks the claw attack was the uh, displacer beast. And doesn't really, like, nothing else is really scaring him. And as far as Behester is concerned, well, we just rescued him, so obviously, like, he's safe now. What more could go wrong? <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> so, um, so we, you, talk, you, you guys mentioned Mukask a little bit. So this is a question for everybody. The hat trick brought on a new member last week, Mukask. Uh, what are your impressions? What are your thoughts so far? As the characters, maybe not. This is give us maybe a little little peek into what your character thinks or how how you think your character is going to be reacting. We don't have to talk about players because let's face it, we all will love Dunbait. Yeah, we do. True. All right, cool. I guess I'm going. okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, um, from Behester's standpoint, um, obviously he's pretty unsure of people. Um, the only reason, so it was planned, uh, fun fact, to take a lot longer for Behester to like really like everyone in the party, because he's almost mm-hmm. died 900 times, you guys have saved him a lot, that's kind of like obviously forced that hump a lot quicker than I thought it would, mm-hmm. but so, um, so same approach here, um, but I, I wonder if it's feeling like with the few moments I've had with him, because again, I was, I had to leave for a few minutes because my family showed up, um, he like when we were setting up camp he was very quick to um to think of new ideas get stuff set up and then you know take watch and and do things very methodically 
and that kind of speaks to Behester's like soldier mercenary lifestyle. So we'll see how that can keep going, but I think they'll end up getting along pretty good so far, just from what I've experienced. Okay. Well, I'll go first this time, Matt. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, honestly, uh, Cheersum would not be entirely sure if he can really trust Mukask, maybe not as much as he's been kind of forced to trust everybody else in Hat Trick, or at least everybody present. So, um, I, I think he kind of summed up his feelings of the whole situation when he, you know, told that if he does go his way after a bit, his own way after a bit, it's no big deal because he's seen it happen plenty of times already. That's a good point. All right. So, in terms of um, how Tanak would feel about him here, um, Tanak comes from a land where really honor is is everything. Is, is social standing and people are very upfront with with what they do um i kind of base the whole society off of like the star trek klingons and next generation if you can think about like that whole kind of honor and family kind of thing mm -hmm. um and so just the fact that mukask actually helped us like fight and kill this animal kind of has him already as a plus one like a-ok -okay in my book with tenak at that point and we just need to see how upfront and and um trustworthy he is with the group to to really see how Tenek ends up feeling about him. Jig saw that bow and was instantly like, mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie, Jig was like, what? Um, when he was talking to the horses later, he mentioned a little bit about the fact that he didn't want to be replaced. So... That might get unpacked a little more as time goes on, but Jig's open to Mukask. But his bow's bigger. And it comes with his own arrows. <laughs> his arrows are longer. And plentiful. They are plentiful. Oh, they will blot out. Harder. <laughs> um, so, Matt, question for you. Yeah. Uh, we have a... a Anonymous question here. Uh, what was the code? What was the code? <laughs> yeah, what was the code? Man, that is a good question. Anonymous um, question. Yeah, I I think the code really was just Tanaka being like, I'm not going to be able to get like Jiag off of my back here right now, so I'm just going to tell him that there's a code, and I'll figure it out later. Like, I don't really think there was one. I think it was really more of Jai just assuming that I would let him know. But, yeah, there, there wasn't really one. So that's why I was surprised when uh, apparently Mukask knew the code. Yeah, and he knew the code. <laughs> the Displacer Beast knew the code. Yep. Everybody was, knows the code. Yep. That was my favorite part of the session is when we heard oh, it, like, it was the great. Roar, and then Jai wakes up, that's the code! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I gotta say, as a player, <laughs> I love those interactions where, like, Matt, you had one point where you were still, like, Jayag, I guess we were imagining the same thing, because you looked over Jayag's head to the other people, <laughs> just like, 
Yeah, exactly. And Jag's like, the, okay. Yeah, it was, uh, it was the tomorrow where it was. Oh, yeah. We're going to yes, be there tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Because I, yeah, I think it was, I think it was when Mukas came into the party and we were talking about how long it was going to be to, uh, to get there. And you started saying like, we're going to be there tomorrow. And I'm just like, mm. just shut up. Don't say it. Don't open that box like right now. Like just yes. let it go. I, I love, it's almost very selfish of me there, because I just eat those moments up. I'm like, this gives me so much to work with. Absolutely. I can start a conversation anywhere with stuff like that. <laughs> We're getting there tomorrow. Uh, I will say, you quickly ad-libbing the whole, yes, but we didn't go to sleep, or something like that. You're like, so technically, tomorrow... Not today. <laughs> I was I, like, okay, that was, that was brilliant. Really yeah. I think it was just it was just the trying to play off of of Jag's misunderstanding of things to where the first day we're like, yeah, we'll get there tomorrow, not a problem. And then it was the second day, and you're like, we're going to get there today, and it's like, no, we said we're going to get there tomorrow, and you were just like, oh yeah, we did say that, and <laughs> every time it was I just see, it, every time I see someone needing to talk to Jag. I always picture the scene from Galaxy Quest where he's like, explain it like you would a child. <laughs> <laughs> um, it reminds me of messing with my younger cousins when I was a kid. That's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of messing with them or with my little brother and sister and convincing them something that was just completely and utterly fabricated and false was true and then giving them supporting evidence. Yeah, that's why. You know, this it just see it makes sense. And then they're like, Oh yeah, it totally does. Like that's what it reminds me of. And it's so much fun to engage in that. Um it feels natural, I guess. It mm -hmm. just explains how much of a shit I must have been to my cousins and my younger brother and sister. Um so follow up question to that. Uh it's asking me what was the code. Well, watch the episode. Because we, we find out what the code was. Um, let's see. Clay. Yes. We have a question for you. So last week, we talked a bit about the growing bromance between Jayag and Shirzim. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the whole um, tit for tat? The whole, like, oh, you teach me how to read and I'll teach you how to track. Like, what do you think? Well... I actually really love that because, you know, I was discussing with uh, Brett before this past session that it'd just be fun to, like, have everybody in, in Hat Trick just, like, teach each other how to do different, different things. Mm -hmm. You know, like, having the real Beheshtor teach Shirzim how to use a crossbow. Yeah, that, there's opportunity there. That's, that's been a lot yes. of fun to do, like... <laughs> having almost like a, a, a little boy like a little soldier i'm slowly molding and teaching it's been a lot of fun uh this just ensures him is dual classing <laughs> fighter <laughs> <laughs> i'm a fighter wizard <clears throat> tempting but we'll see how he pans out yes I've, especially since last week when we talked a little bit more about the whole Jayak Shearzim dynamic, and we both found out we weren't intentionally pissing each other off. It was great. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for that because there's a lot, I think, that we can play off from. I'm very much getting a Legolas and Gimli vibe. 
albeit kind of not even close to Legolas and Gimli. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this next one, it's a little bit, it's split between Brett and Matt. So, Matt, I guess we'll have you take it first. Okay. Um, you, or Tenok and, and Behastur, they had a very tactical response, like immediately to setting up camp and how to kind of create a defensive barrier and how much of you, I guess, maybe in your past experience or games you've played, et cetera, plays into that? Or were you like totally outside your comfort zone responding okay. so quickly in a tactical fashion? Okay. Um, yeah, that actually comes from a bit of actually me. Um, I've gone quite a few times survival camping where we've gone out with, you know, a canteen of fresh water, a hatchet, a knife, 20 feet of rope, a tarp, and, like, that's it. Having to forage for food and, and actually set up, like, uh, running traps and things like that to, to catch your own food while you're out there. Um, and that is an unnerving situation, like, because you're hours away from anyone. Um, and so you kind of start to think that way. You're like, it's a... Uh, it's interesting because you set up the fire and then you're sitting there and you don't really have a shelter and every little thing outside of the edge of the, the light of the fire is you're like, what the fuck is that? Is that something that's going to kill me? Like, mm -hmm. like you're like sleeping with your knife and your ax like on the ground. Um, I guess that's where a lot of that came from as well as just the character of Tanakh in general. Um, I know I've talked a little bit about where he's from today and not that much in the game, but, um, he comes from a, a, a tribal race of warriors uh, after, uh, you know, they, they went through a societal collapse and then it was almost like, like a bunch of small civil wars and everybody fought family against family and things like that. So um, being brought up as a, as a youth, he, um, he was basically drilled into him fighting and survival and things like that. So it's kind of a little bit of a mix of both. Cool. Cool. Brett, I will repeat the question for you because you were tending to familial affairs. Right. Jerks. Um, yeah, right, totally. So it was, uh, so you and Matt, or Tanakh and Behestra, both responded, like, very quickly when it came time to set up the camps. And both of you responded in a very tactical, survivalist fashion. And it was immediate. And so the question is, how much of you is in that? Maybe your own personal life experience or hobbies you've got, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And other games you've played perhaps and how much of that was behester and if it was behester did that kind of push you outside of the norm that's a good question i like that um well for that scenario of setting up camp and reacting quickly and, and planning that out that was kind of a mix of um for a while i would travel around the country and going to um airsoft uh, military simulation events and everyone I'd go with were like army ranger vets and marines and everything like that and so like they just always tell stories or, like we'd be in the field and they'd be like this doesn't really work for airsoft because it's you know airsoft but like in this scenario of real life you could do this and this and this and this and so um, that started going through my mind knowing we were going on our um, our horse and wet our horse and buggy trip and so um, before before that episode, I actually thought out like, all right, if we stop for camp, what are some quick like? I kind of pre-planned some of that stuff, so when it came time, it would sound like it was like, boom, 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 boom. His mind was just clicking into place. Cool. It's fun to watch. Oh, thank you. It 
Because I've, I've I've been out to I helped you with one of your your big airsoft events a couple of years back last last year year before year before I think yeah forty two years ago um so I, I got to experience a little of that firsthand so I was like oh I've been waiting for this this is cool <laughs> so was I I'm like yay mercenary military behester can come through <laughs> it was really cool to see Tanak and behester work together with that and then even bring Shirzim in and start teaching Shirzim some of that and have him start um. Youth. <laughs> yeah, him is very much a civilian. <laughs> yes. The the fact that, that fireball was thrown out as a method to start <laughs> these fires, I was like, oh god, we're gonna start a forest fire. We're <laughs> just gonna explode the whole camp. We're gonna burn like, oh, the whole forest. Camp. He already used the fireball spell. He can't do that again until he learns it. Well, I like right. Well, that's what I was thinking. Well, it was no, you... funny. Like when you said it, um, I didn't think of this. Like it's just like in characters' behavior, because he just like kind of one-line quips sometimes and so like when you're like yeah i'll just use fireball to light everything and he was instantly like well if the whole forest burns down we'll be able to see everything really well so i guess we should accomplish (laughs) (laughs) what would okay players aside because russ isn't here russ is our dm should we burn the forest down next week really throw our bus for a loop Down the road. <laughs> See, there's a problem with that. Jag's already naked. Shell and go frolicking down the road. <laughs> Let that sink in, everyone. Jag is naked, twenty-four-seven. You wearing a shell? That's not naked. I've seen angels. Okay. They just wear a belt. It's okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, Brett, another question for you. Okay. Behester had another close brush with death this week. So I have heard. you rolled? Had, <laughs> right, you weren't even there. I wasn't there. Let it be known, Jayag healed you instead of killing the the displacer beast. Just saying. I appreciate that. Have you rolled a replacement character in the event that he bites the dust? I have not. <laughs> you haven't. I have not, because I barely survive every time. So I'm hoping that if I don't actually make another character, that it'll just continue to happen. <laughs> oh my god. Just don't give him a red shirt. I think if I just... Well, if he, he bleeds enough, his shirts See, keep turning red. That's... I think that's the problem. <laughs> that's okay, the yeah, that's fair. So, so that's fair. has anybody else rolled up backup characters in case their current ones bite the dust? Yes. Does your backup character have, an, have a higher int score than Jag? Yes. Probably. Probably not that hard to have higher in score than Jayag. What is his score? Now I want to know. (laughs) (laughs) You people are terrible. (laughs) He's got good stats. I rolled the stats before I made the character, and then I made the character, and then was like, oh shoot, I should have like assigned those stats differently. Can I ask Nick the player a question? Yes. Okay, so the fabled damage phase. How did that feel? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I would describe this to Matt mm-hmm. yesterday at work. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so, I, and what was it? I was rolling, and it was essentially 3d8 and a d6. And I was like, holy crap. And so I rolled the first d8, and I decided, because, you know, the weapon damage itself has the plus three modifier for the bow that I'm using. So I'm like, okay, I'll roll that one first. And the other two D eights are just as is. So I roll that one 
it's an eight and i'm like oh god okay that's 11 damage right there <laughs> okay roll the second one eight roll the third one eight roll the, roll the d6 five i'm like holy crap so i it could not have been better i could not have asked that to have been better i think is that the first time anyone in the group has done more than like 20 25 damage in a, in a round correct yeah i think so yeah because i know i know at one point I was totaling, I, I think Jayag did like 53 damage to that thing Sounds in total. Because I shot it twice. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit. Okay. All right. Glad I picked this hunter archetype. Because <laughs> I was going to go with something completely different. And I did. Ross and I, it was a homebrew that unearthed Arcana, but it's not official. So it wasn't in D&D Beyond. And so we put it in there, and we tweaked it a little bit, and then I felt bad when I finally hit level three and picked something else. But, you know, Such sorry, not sorry. Well, can I do a follow-up question real quick then? Because that's perfect. Um, how's everyone enjoying level three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that's a lot a, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't have been well, able to talk to horses otherwise. <laughs> oh, that's kind of cool. That was an important part of the story, too. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, I have to admit, though, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't like give Shearsim more details on what the horses were actually saying. I was, <laughs> That's what I was he was too, trying for. I was <laughs> too busy, doubled over, laughing about what <laughs> Russ's descriptions of those conversations. Like I was actually just barely holding it together myself because it was hilarious. <laughs> um. I'm loving level three, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Chloe, oh, how shears him liking level three? You know, all shears him has really gotten out of level three is a couple more spells in his spell book. Because, you know, wizards get like two, basically two free spells each time they gain a wizard level. And that was it. You know, the a lot of the cool stuff that happened for me actually happened when we hit level two, like my first session. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. That's cool. I know what level five is the next big jump in abilities. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that, like three times. Well, I I enjoyed it because I had more to do in combat than just I swing my sword and I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> Being able to block some damage for Tenok and parry off yeah. and take half damage for myself and and try and make you know the monster scared of everyone and. There, there's some, there's some other, a couple more cool abilities that I have, but it's fun to like have a repertoire of things I can use <laughs> instead of just I swing my sword, I swing it again, you know. <laughs> I feel your pain. That's the way it was with me and my bow. It's like I'm gonna shoot. Okay, oh, I'm gonna shoot again. Well, you know, I still feel your pain a... because how often has uh, Shearsim caused damage with any of his spells? I think there was a door yeah. one time. You didn't open the door. You burned I, the yes, I did open down. the door. I, that, that too? Nearly burned the house down. That's true. I peed on it. You like, <laughs> patted it down with cold touch or chill touch. Yes. That's what makes me so happy is being able to use stuff like that for stuff that they didn't actually write in the book. That seems you have and a that, really cool utility. It's true. Yeah. Especially with, like, like you mentioned earlier, how narrative-driven 5e is compared to previously how mechanically driven D&D &D is, was, yes. has been, 
will be. Um, I love how narrative it is, narratively driven it is, and I think Russ, our DM, really helps facilitate that a lot. Because his, his answers really aren't no, he's more of a you can try kind of DM. <laughs> yeah. And then he'll let the yes or no be up to the die roll. So, but as far as what's possible, that's up to us, kind of. Um, I know he certainly had that kind of reaction, Brett, when you tried to douse something with your bedroll. With my bedroll, and I said, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, and then I tried to put the ghost in the bag of holding, and <laughs> many, we, we won't talk about the, the second half of that encounter. <laughs> um, we just won't talk about that. Um, let's see. Oh, there's a question for me. Ooh. Uh, with what we know of Jag and his social dot 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 quirks, how out of his element is he being with the hat trick for this long? Um, very much out of his element. It's been very interesting to play that. Uh, there's more to come with that because I don't think Jag quite realizes that he's now like nearly on the other side of the continent from where he originally started. Um, so I'm working with Russ to bring in some cool, like there've been a couple hooks dropped and we're finally going to catch on to some of those, a couple breadcrumbs dropped. Um, we're finally going to start latching onto those a little bit, hopefully starting when we get to our new destination, um, which actually leads to a, if we get to our new destination, because as I recall, our plan is to set the wagon on fire and to frolic around the road naked. Um, <laughs> so I guess the last question that I've, I've got here for the night is kind of for everyone here. Um, it being entirely possible that we get to our destination here with this next session or the following, depending on how many nights Russ wants us to roll. Play. Um, what are you guys hoping for for the remainder of this little road trip and for what occurs at our destination? Or what do you want to do once we get to our destination? What are your goals? Brett, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, well, for the trip itself, I just want more opportunities to just talk to each other in character. Because there's a lot I know, you know, especially Russ has talked about how often people are talking, messaging him with questions. And so I know everyone has really in-depth characters they've made. And so I want a chance, instead of just when I'm drunk at a bar, to actually like learn more about the characters. Um, from the destination, just I mean, getting paid for our job, obviously, and then hopefully being in another location with other side things to kind of expand the world more and lead to more experiences is what I'm really hoping to watch the world expand more and not just be like, well, the wizard was there and now that's it. Go back. Mm-hmm. and see if you regret leaving or not to be perfectly like Nick the player doesn't want us to go back Jayag obviously wants us to go back but we'll see between then and now with all the events that have transpired and are likely to transpire it's possible Jayag's not even going to remember that we're supposed to go back <laughs> so we'll see where that goes I can see that happening. we'll see where that goes um, Clay you next Okay, uh, you know, I would actually really like, you know, like Brett said, I'd like to have some more interest to, you know, talk to each other as our characters while we're on the road. I mean, you know, we're, we're 
trying to keep a good watch every night and it's it's not like you're just standing there just staring out into nothingness silently the whole time right but i think part of it is you know when we when we say we're gonna you know this character and this character are gonna keep watch I, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but it's like Russell just automatically goes into, okay, let's resolve the perception check mode and right. move the night forward. So we may have to be like, okay, let's, let's, let, let, let's stick a pin in the perception check. Right. Let's talk. We'd like second. to, we'd like to talk for a bit. Yeah. So yeah, I thought like, like let's, let's do that side next session. Put a pin in it, Russell. Put a freaking pin. <laughs> in it. Um, not, not to like steal, steal your thunder, but I, like how with this last week, the first night or two, or the, really the first day or two, it was very much that. It was like, okay, the day goes on, and then it's nighttime, set up camp, perception check, Brett, roll your wisdom saving throw the next day. And like the last day and a half there of the journey that we've experienced so far, I feel like we did a really good job of putting a whole bunch of meat and potatoes in there. Now I'm hungry for pot roast. <laughs> Um, so what, do you, what are your thoughts about the destination, though, Clay? What are your goals, aspirations, desires, and leanings? Uh, I don't know if I have any... I guess the only real goal I might have when we get to the, our destination is maybe to find some way of, you know, possibly some way of disposing of the book. Or find some way to deal with company. it. <laughs> The book is causing my nightmares, you bastard. <laughs> yes. It might be the statue in my bag. Right? I, I forgot about the statue. Things. Yeah. And it could be like the one random gold coin that Tenok has, too. Ooh. Everybody could be carrying something that's causing the nightmares. Yeah. It it's like the cursed snake. treasure of Cortez. <gasps> but uh, the other thing is, I've been discussing with Russell. A particular direction I was th planning on steering, you know, steering shears him. So I don't know if that's actually going to happen when we reach our destination, or you know, if there's going to be those, you know, those little hooks set out in there, or if it's going to be further down the road. But the sky's the limit. I'm just part of the journey. Indeed. The journey. The journey. A journey in the group game. We sure. all wear masks. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Your turn. Um, I mean not to sound like a broken record in the group here, but the journey there is, is pretty much exactly what everybody said. It's it's an awesome RP chance here for everybody's characters to interact. because uh, it is that long road trip where like um what Clay was saying is nobody just sits in the car on the the 12-hour ride just sitting there completely in silence it just doesn't happen um so it's going to be super interesting to see there in terms of the destination here um as a player it's it's kind of so open here right now because the game is still so fresh um and we haven't gotten too far into it here that, that it's once again it's there's so much that could possibly happen so i don't even know what to expect mm -hmm. um but as the character as tenok um the main thing that I'm going to be looking for in the town is any kind of information for the Dragonborn I'm looking for. Like, that's first and foremost. This and is so, killer. Yeah, exactly. To, uh, so. 
I would like to see because we kind of it's almost like we kind of forgot about it when we went into the temple that you said you had heard that that Dragonborn was uh, frequenting. Yeah. And it, so yeah. it's like now I look back and I go, man, all those times while we were, you know, waiting for, well, you know, while Alanon was peeking under all the doors, <laughs> it would have been the perfect opportunity to look, look for any clues about the Dragonborn. Right. Right. I was I was a little bit too busy trying not to die from all the skeletons and things like that in the temple. So. Well, yeah, there was that too. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, you you for the most part, yeah, a little preoccupied. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's basically what Tonic's going to be looking for. Not not to like metagame at all here, but I wonder if Bastion knows anything about this Dragonborn. Honestly, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs> metagaming pigeon if it comes out that I know I'll be finding out alongside you <laughs> and I will make it up on the spot mm-hmm. um, any, any final thoughts from you guys any questions you want to ask each other any prying things you're desiring to know from another Matt hmm what size shoe do you wear? No. <laughs> well, that's a ten and a half, my man. A forty-two. A forty-two. Yeah, a forty-two. A steroided big plan. old big old clown shoes. <laughs> I have diving boards for feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. We're asking well, some mighty personal questions here on Now to the Hat. Personal. Some personal. Brett, what do you what do you oil your beard with? Um, I've answered. Um, glue. Get it? Uh, oh God! <laughs> I can't laugh because that just sounds awful and terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's just no. Just look Rubber cement. I got just like I just walk around looking like I got Jesus <laughs> beard all the time, and we don't need. That. <laughs> it's just, just this big cone. <laughs> oh. Like Looks like a glass of milk with hair in it. <laughs> Are you thirsty? Uh, no, All right. My well, sister makes her own oils that I use. So there you go. You learned it here and out of the hat. <laughs> but anyway, that's all of our time for tonight, folks. Uh, we're coming in just under our hour hard stop, so I'm happy. I think everyone with a family is happy. Um, so thank you guys for joining us tonight. Thank you guys at home or wherever it is you might be watching or listening uh, for joining us tonight. Thank you, Brett and Clay and Matt, uh, for your, your first foray into Out of the Hat or your first time jumping out of the hat. We'll go with that. Yes. Yes. Um, so let's, let's go around. Where can everyone find you if you want anyone to find you? Brett. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Elmer Fudd Games. A double M, double D. Do you want me to plug the podcast too, the other one, since that's technically where they can find me? Or do you want to do that? You can do it this week if you want. Go for it. Uh, you can also find half of us here um, on our other podcast, Just Some Guardians, which is where you will find this show in that feed. Um, we do that live usually Thursday nights on twitch.tv slash just some guardians like this show. And, um, yeah, there you go. iTunes and Podbean and all that good jazz. Clay, where can people find you if you want them to find you? You can say no admittance except on party business. That's uh, pretty much 
much where on these D and D related streams, because otherwise I'm very social media lazy. Discord. Oh, there is Discord. Oh yeah, I I I, I do frequent the uh, Just Some Guardians Discord. On occasion. On occasion. Yes. I'm known to you leave your, your username uh, unknown. This, no, it's a. Uh, who, what is it? Is that the? Is it the? <laughs> I think that was the. Uh, Which one is it? Yes. Uh, real. Yes, real. Le- real leper. Real leper. Yes. All one right. word. Real. Leper. It's, it's tricky because like most of my online tags handles have some kind of relation to lepers. You remember that story, like... Nick? <laughs> Leprosy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Oh, God. Good times. Oh, my God. Okay, Matt, where can people find you if you want anyone to find you? You can't. I'm very much a, uh, I'm very much a social media ghost. I, I really don't do anything on there. So Respectable. Yep. I Just never had time. That. Never had time when I used to work at the restaurant, so I never really did it. So That's fair. Uh, you can find me on Whatever the that Twitters. black dragonborn is. <laughs> it's true. Tweet, tweet us if you know where the black dragonborn is. Um. But no, you can find me on the Twitters at He Who Fights or PSN, uh, capital HWF dash seven force. Um, we are out of the hat. Tune in this coming Sunday, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv. Is it Elmer Fudge Games? Yes, double N, double D. For our D&D session next week on Sunday, or you can find us next Wednesday at Out of the Hat, where we'll recap the week. Um, here, twitch.tv slash Guardians. So, Brett mentioned the podcast. You can find us there. If you have any questions that you want us to address or touch on next week, uh, reach out to us at the Twitters, um, on the Twitters at JSGCast. Use hashtag out of the hat. Thank you all again, and good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>